Welcome to the SF Weekly Podcast. I'm Nick Veronin, your editor-in-exile, and I am rolling solo today. If you're anything like me, you've devoted a fair amount of your mental energy over the past week or two trying to decide just how worried you should be about the Delta variant. We find ourselves, yet again, in a very confusing, frustrating, and scary time as vaccinated Americans, many of whom were just starting to let their guard down, are coming to terms with the fact that their hot vac summer will, at the very least, be somewhat curtailed and, at the very worst, possibly cut short. The Delta variant, we are learning, is much more contagious than previous strains of the novel coronavirus, and, worse still, it seems to be both deadlier for the unvaccinated and more likely to cause a so-called breakthrough case among those who have taken the vaccine. So, what are we to do? I certainly don't have the answer to that question. That's why on this week's episode, SF Weekly reporter Veronica Irwin spoke with Dr. George Rutherford, a UCSF epidemiologist who is working around the clock to both keep up to date on the latest Delta variant developments and keep the public informed. Veronica spoke with Dr. Rutherford on Monday, July 26th. Hey there, this is Veronica Irwin, reporter for SF Weekly. Today, I am speaking with Dr. George Rutherford about the Bay Area's updated mask guidance. I interviewed him last week for my very creatively titled article, San Francisco Recommends Masks Indoors, which you can read right now on the SF Weekly website. Dr. Rutherford is a professor of epidemiology and biostatistics and director of the Prevention and Public Health Group at UCSF, so I'd say we're in pretty good hands. How you doing, Dr. Rutherford? Thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Good to talk to you. So just to kind of start, things have changed quite a bit in the last week, it looks like, in San Francisco. I was just reading an article earlier today that says, as of four days ago, uh, San Francisco's case rate is rivaling the states. Um, And that's after 16, 18, however many months it's been since this pandemic has started. And we've had a better case rate um, than pretty much every other major city in the country. So That's definitely pretty alarming news. Um, Cases were up 81.6% last week in comparison with the week prior. So how worried do vaccinated San Franciscans have to be about the coronavirus right now? Well, I think everybody needs to be somewhat worried about it. If you're vaccinated, as I've said before, you're in good shape. If you're not vaccinated, you should get vaccinated. Otherwise, you're going to more than likely going to get this and you do not want to get this. Um, We have a, um, it's, it has, we're learning about longer term complications. Um, We're learning about a lot of unpleasant side effects that it has associated with it. Uh, And I think we, you know, given all, given everything else being equal, this is something to be definitely to be avoided. And that is even if you're vaccinated, like even if you're vaccinated, you should be worried now? Yes. And because there is some spillover from people who are unvaccinated because of the ongoing transmission. You know, the, the, we know that the vaccine is not perfect. We know that it has a small failure rate. Um, it's the best vaccine we have, but it's still not, you know, not 100% perfect. Um, and so if you, let's just sort of use some round numbers. So if it, let's say that 5% of people who get the vaccine aren't fully protected. Well, if they never come into contact with the virus, they're never going to get, you know, they're never going to get infected. And they're never going to get infected. If five percent of the people are are uh, not protected and they come into constant into contact with the virus constantly, they're going to have breakthrough infections. Now they're not going to get as sick. They're not going to get hospitalized. Probably they're not going to die. 
um, and they're probably not going to be as transmissible to others, but they will get sick, and it's something to you know something to avoid. I, I so the as the number of cases goes up, the likelihood of coming into contact with someone who's infectious goes up, and therefore the likelihood of breakthroughs goes up. Totally. And of course, you know, there are some folks, despite getting the vaccine, who might not build up significant immunity. Uh, they've talked about people who are immunocompromised. There's some early evidence about people I was seeing who are um, in the midst of ongoing cancer treatment, a lot of different specific situations. Um, and then there's also new evidence out of Israel that's suggesting folks who got the mRNA vaccine, they don't have Moderna available there. They only have Pfizer, I believe. Um, but that they might lose some degree of immunity after six months. I think the question is, yeah, like how many of us are in that boat? Like what I always wonder is someone who got my vaccine within the last six months is if I'm in the grocery store, yes, there are people who could have gotten vaccinated who are at risk right now, but how many of those people might even be in my vicinity? Like, is it a tiny fraction? How much do we need to be worried about folks, you know, who are vulnerable by no choice of their own being in our midst? It's it's a small concern. It's two to four. It's two to four percent of the adult population of the U.S. Um, is the current <clears throat> estimate of people who might have been vaccinated, uh, who are immunocompromised or have had solid organ transplants or things like that, in which in whom the vaccine uh, may not have taken. CDC is considering right now whether those um, those individuals should get an additional dose, um, and they might you know who knows they might extend it down to people over a certain age getting an additional dose. So we'll have to see what they uh, what they decide. Your risk as someone who's vaccinated is from people who are unvaccinated and are infectious. And that's why we're encouraging people to wear masks. Um, it's a, so that if you wander into the grocery store on Saturday afternoon, nothing against grocery stores, wandering into a grocery store on, on Saturday afternoon, and you come into contact with someone who's infectious, you've cut down your risk of, of infection by a, uh, by a, a fairly substantial chunk. So that's the you know that's the logic behind the uh, the behind the uh, uh, masking even if you are vaccinated. Yeah, totally. And just to to get ahead of what you're saying right now, I mean, uh, as of uh, July 16th, San Francisco, along with Alameda, Contra Costa, Marin, San Mateo, Santa Clara, and Sonoma counties, issued guidance that they are strongly encouraging everyone, vaccinated or not, to mask up indoors. A lot of folks are not very happy about that. Some folks are confused by it. And some folks never took their masks off. <laughs> um, so where do you recommend people wear a mask nowadays? I'd say whenever you're in contact with a lot of other people indoors. So I'm thinking grocery stores. I'm thinking some retail. I'm thinking going to the movies, going to concerts, uh, those kinds of things. It's, you know, it's, uh, I can tell you having tried to do it, it's impossible to wear a mask and eat dinner at a restaurant. But, you know. You know, if you're going into a, um, you know, I, I until you get seated, I think it's perfectly reasonable to have masks on. Um, but it's that's going to be a bit more nuanced. Um, but I think in terms of just going into wading into a, you know, sort of a big closed indoor space um, on Sunday afternoon, um, that's something um, in which you can really cut down your risk of of acquiring infection if you happen to be one of the unlikely, the unlucky five percent in whom the vaccine hasn't taken, um, that's where you can cut down your risk by wearing a mask. I love that image of you trying to eat dinner with a mask on, because <laughs> I definitely did that with my to-go coffees and, and things like that early in the pandemic when I was still wearing my mask outdoors as well. <laughs> spillage is high. Spillage is high. 
spillage is very high. I've, I've stained a couple of masks doing that, I will say. Um, and, and for reference, I know a lot of us never took our masks off indoors. And some folks listening to this are probably wondering, um, well, was Dr. Rutherford someone who never took off his mask at all? Or was he as lax as I am? Um, I mean, what does your mask behavior look like? Were you ever not wearing one indoors? And yeah, I was. I was. On? Yeah, yeah. I went to the grocery store um, without a mask on. Now it was during senior hour on Sunday morning at eight o'clock. So it's not exactly <laughs> the same thing. Not exactly high risk taking. But I really haven't worn a mask for a, for a while. So I, I started to wear one again. Went into the grocery store yesterday. Put a mask on. There you go. There you have it, folks. That's what the doctor says. <laughs> and. I mean, looking ahead for the next couple of months, I think a lot of us started making plans for a semi-post-pandemic Bay Area, maybe post-pandemic world. I know I myself bought a couple of domestic plane tickets. Are there any activities that you had planned over the next couple of months? Large indoor concerts, sports events, family reunions, travel plans that you're now reconsidering or maybe, you know, not taking as guaranteed? Um. No, not really. Now, you know, I, I'm fully vaccinated. I know how to wear a mask. Um, I think I can, you know, protect myself pretty well. Uh, so I'm not that concerned about it. I'm, I have to go to a memorial service in Rhode Island this weekend. I'm going to uh, take my uh, family uh, to Hawaii um, uh, the week after that. Um, and so, you know, we're going to take some, you know, we're going to you know get out and about uh, to a certain extent. But Everybody's vaccinated except for a three and a half year old, um, and so I, I think the 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 risk is you know minimal. Um, however, if you you know if I were to go into you know sort of a large grocery store with it's totally packed on a Saturday afternoon, that risk is not minimal because there are lots of people a who are not wearing masks, b who are not vaccinated presumably, and c who may be infectious. I think that's much less of a risk if you're sitting on an airplane. Um, where everybody has a mask on, uh, or walking through an airport where everybody has a mask on. I, I think you've really kind of pushed that risk way, way down. Totally. If you don't mind, I have one more question that that just occurred to me. I, I'm wondering, you know, I was hearing from, I've heard from a lot of folks that say, you know, they look at, let's say, Missouri, for example. I've seen a lot reported about how there's low vaccine uptake in Missouri. And there's other places in the country where you see these pockets of, of pretty low vaccination. Coming from San Francisco with our super high rates of vaccination, those numbers always kind of stun me. Is there anywhere that, you know, maybe we shouldn't be traveling or places that are really, really high risk? Well, if, if you're vaccinated, I think you pretty much have a, have, you know, free, uh, you can travel pretty much where you want to in domestically. Um, there, if you're taking your unvaccinated children with you, you may want to avoid places with high rates of transmission. And I'm thinking specifically of Florida uh, at this point in time. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think going overseas, the larger question um, is what uh, what do the uh, foreign countries expect? Are yeah. they going to quarantine you for two weeks like Australia does? Are they going to let you just waltz through? Uh, or are they going to do something in between? And you, that's the problem. I'm afraid of being caught up in legalities and you need to be really careful to understand what exactly um, the, the rules and regulations are 
uh, for entering a foreign country. I do a lot of my research overseas, so I travel a lot. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, you know, I've been caught in Iceland in November in shorts and a t-shirt when the plane went down. You know, when the plane was forced down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I know, I know the uh, downsides of uh, of uh, getting caught in a, uh, a sort of unprepared. So, you need to be, you need to really have your eyes wide open about what the country is going to expect. But as a general rule, if you're vaccinated and you follow simple precautions and you're not part of the group who's immunosuppressed or whom we expect suspect vaccine failures, I think your chances are really good of not getting infected. And again, if you do get infected, you're not going to be very, you're not going to be as sick. It's less likely to be hospitalized and far, far less likely to have severe disease in ICU. Totally. So I'll buy my plane tickets right after this call. Sounds great. <laughs> my advice is to get refundable tickets. So, so. Refundable. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> flexible <laughs> scheduling. If the pandemic has taught us anything, it's to keep our schedules a little bit flexible. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Dr. Rutherford. We really appreciate your advice. My pleasure. Be safe. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's edition of the SF Weekly Podcast. The episode was produced by me, Nick Veroni. For more hot takes, deep dives, and alternative views on San Francisco news, subscribe to our podcast. Check us out online at sfweekly.com and pick up a copy of the paper. See you next time.